kindly turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 20. We are talking about servant leadership. Matthew 20, verses 17 through 28. And I read. Now, Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Let me pause here. I'll go on. Just look at the man's vision. This is a man who is talking about an impending mission that for which he was born into this world. He had lived for 33 years plus. And when it mattered most, he began to pour his heart, not to everybody, but to the twelve. Hallelujah. There are times where you have to set some people aside, like God wants to do to IPR, and set some people aside, and give them certain responsibility deeper than the average member can carry. This is what Jesus Christ did at this hour. He had lived with them for three years, ministered with them, they've gone places. But this time, while I was going to Jerusalem, he called the twelve aside, meaning that they were more than twelve, but he called the twelve aside and began to tell them his mission, how the Son of Man will be betrayed, how he will be scourged, given to the Gentiles to be mocked, crucified, he will, he will be buried, and the third day he will rise again. I believe that if there is anything to meditate on and ponder about or ponder on, ponder over, whichever is a good expression. Hmm? If there is anything for you to consider and reconsider and really think deeply and find out what is the master saying, I should think it should have been such a statement. Is that not so? But look at the next line. Verse 20. says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons. Who were the Zebedee's sons? Can I ask those who are Bible scholars here? Who were the sons of Zebedee? Who? James and John. Hallelujah. So say James and John. And of course, these were chief apostles. Peter, James, and John were the chief apostles. Ap apart from the twelve, these were the three who were the inner core. And it's always like that. Hallelujah. Jesus had that structure. It will not be wrong for IPR to have that kind of structure. Amongst whoever is called, there will still be people who will still be closer than even those who are called. Hallelujah. Remember, many are called, but few are chosen. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, that is, the mother of James and John, came to Jesus, that is, came to him with her sons, <laughs> kneeling down, I can imagine the posture, and asking something from him. Look at Jesus. Jesus has said something that was worthy of meditation. But here comes a woman with another, another thing altogether. Look at what happened. Verse 21. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. Can you imagine what is going on here, people of God? Somebody is talking about going to suffer. Betrayed, scourged, beaten, 
spat upon, die, rise again. I thought if you should come to him, you should be able to ask that, Master, you said this is but we don't understand. But here comes a woman who brings his two sons. Okay, let's say the woman was not around because... Jesus took the 12, is that right? But the 12 included this James and John. So they should have told their mother that, Mother, it's not the time for you to go and ask such a thing. The man is talking about going to die. But it tells you the mentality of people when it comes to leadership. Hallelujah. But we will see what Jesus Christ requires of us as far as leadership is concerned. So verse 22, the Bible says that, But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. And you, are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Take note, Jesus' baptism was different from baptism. I mean, the Christian baptism in water. This is baptism of suffering. We call it the vicarious sacrifice of Christ. Baptism of suffering. Suffering unimaginable. Isaiah had prophesied and said that when we shall see him, there is no beauty in him that we should desire him. Why? Because the fact that he took the sin nature into his spirit made him subject to death. As a result, death began to work in his body. Jesus couldn't have died if he had not carried our sin, I'm telling you. So he was talking about something that was deeper than the human mind could comprehend. He said, are you able to drink the cup I'm going to drink? This is the cup of iniquity. Going to drink the sins of humankind from Adam to the last but one Adam as the last Adam, Jesus was the last Adam he was going to carry all our sins into his spirit and how would that be possible? The Bible says he offered himself through the eternal spirit meaning everything he did was for eternal generation and here comes another person who is talking about something else and do you know it happens even in our time when a visionary is going somewhere there you find people who also have a different mind and can't fathom, and can't understand, and can't appreciate the depths of the sacrifice the visionary is to make to fulfill a mission. I pray that as we delve into this message today, you will become a servant leader. Hallelujah. Wherever you find yourself. All right. Let me go on. Jesus asked a the question. Then the Bible says, in the last line of verse 22, they said to him, we are able, look at it, they, meaning it was not the woman who only answered, James and John also, ah, they had a threatened mentality. They said to him, we are able, Pastor, just let me sit on your right, let me sit on your right, on your left, in your kingdom. And look at the other people, what they also did, verse 23. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Take note, apart from John, every one of the twelve suffered death that history tells us was just unimaginable. Hallelujah. So he meant to say that you indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. Somebody say amen. Did you hear that? Listen, it is the father who calls and is the father who equips. Is a father, he can take a man like Paul, who was a murderer. Paul was the one who supervised the death of Stephen. Uh, when Jesus walked the earth, take note, Paul never knew anything about the earthly work of Jesus. He never related with him. He didn't know him. And here comes Paul, after Jesus had risen and gone to heaven, here comes a man who felt that this sect, they called the Christians a sect. 
These sects are doing something contrary to the law of Moses and as far as the Jewish custom is concerned. So he went and obtained permission that everyone who is found of that way, they call them the people of the way, the sect. Everyone who is found in that way, they should be, they should be killed. Think about it. So Paul was a murderer. When they were stoning Stephen to death, Paul was the one who was supervising his death. Everybody removed their cloak and put it at the feet of Paul. And he was telling them, hit him on the stomach. Hit him hard. He was supervising his death. But Jesus Christ, the head of the church, still saw it fit that such a murderer should be arrested by himself and put at the forefront of the ministry and made him a leader to the extent that there were some things that Paul wrote. Peter says that they are hard to understand. Are you there? Peter said there are some things that Paul wrote, they are hard to understand. There was even a time that Peter was with some Gentiles. They were eating together. Then all of a sudden, Peter saw some Jews coming. And all of a sudden, he started withdrawing. Paul was around. And the Bible says, Paul rebuked Peter and said, Hey, what is wrong with you? Which kind of hypocrisy is this? When the Jews were not around, you were eating with the Gentiles. Because in Christ, there is not a Jew or Gentile. Why is it that when the Jews were coming, now you withdraw from the Gentiles? What such hypocrisy should not be done in church? Paul, who was not part of the twelve, who came at the last minute, my brother and sister, had the audacity and the boldness to rebuke Peter in the presence of all. What am I saying? When God chooses his leadership, it doesn't matter where the, which background the person has. It is God who equips. Hallelujah. It is God who, who gives abilities. And so don't say that, oh, we are those who started with, and therefore I must. God doesn't choose like that. Hallelujah. Are you there? I said, God doesn't choose like that. Because he knows our hearts. The Bible says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. In the midst of all the things that Paul was doing, God still knew that the man was doing it in ignorance. God knew that he had a heart that was determined to do the right thing. So God said, wow, such a mission, such a heart, directed at killing people for a cause. If such a heart is converted to Christ, he can defend the gospel. And indeed, Paul defended the gospel. There was a time they were begging him, Agabus. Prophet Agabus was somebody who prophesied some time ago that there was going to be famine, hunger in the whole world. And the Bible says it happened in the days of Claudius. So if Prophet Agabus comes to prophesy to you, know that it will come to pass. He came in the midst of the saints and took Paul's girdle and bound his feet. And then he now said that, so shall be done to the man who owns this girdle. As he goes to Jerusalem, he will be bound, he will be, he will be beaten, and he will suffer. All of a sudden, the people started crying. Say, Paul, please don't go. Agabus has spoken, it will come to pass. Please don't go. Paul looked at them and said, hey, what do you mean to cry as if to break my heart? I am not only ready to go to Jerusalem to suffer, but to die. God knew that kind of heart. That is why, in spite of the fact that he was a murderer, he still put him at the forefront. To the extent that Paul was the one who wrote two tests of the New Testament. The last shall be first. And the first shall be last. Alright. They, they said to him, we are able... Okay, I think I've, I've finished verse 23. Let's go to verse 24. And when the ten... That's out of the twelve. These two sets with their mother, we are able. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the, with the two brothers. Are you seeing their hypocrisy also? They felt that, wow, we are all brothers. 
12, why do you go ahead to say that master should choose you and make you, you know, put one on the right, put one on the left? And the term also displeased, meaning that all of them didn't qualify by God's standard. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 25, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know, please take note of what I'm going to say. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. What is Jesus saying here? For instance, in, in let's say this country, you know, we have president, we have ministers, we have parliamentarians, we have assemblymen, we have um, chief executive officers, we have people who rule this nation. Is that true? Is it not true? All right. Jesus is saying that you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. When it comes to the lordship in the world, it is, it is, I, I command you do it. And say, and those who are great exercise authority over them. But verse 26 says, yet it shall not be so among you. Did you hear that? Meaning the style of leadership in church is different from the style of leadership out there in the world. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires, is there anybody who desires to become great? He says, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. That's what I mean by servant leadership. Whoever desires. I know that as a house, as we run up our first year activities and we turn one year, those who have worked with us and have understood the vision and have labored, definitely there will be a desire that, oh, please, if you can put me in this place by virtue of my understanding as to how this vision runs, I can also do this, I can also do that. And there is nothing wrong with that desire. But he says that whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. In other words, if somebody will be chosen as a leader, you are not a leader like those who rule out there in the world. You are a leader because you have become a servant. Verse 27, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. In the King James, there's a word used there called minister. Someone say, is it minister? Which, which verse is that? The master. Are you there? So, look at verse 5 again. And after, he, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was guided. Peter knew what was going on. Because he was a Jew, a typical Jew for that matter. Verse 6. Then he came to Simon Peter. In other words, he was moving from disciple to disciple. Everybody allowed it. When he came to Simon Peter, look at Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? You are a master. How can you become a slave? Hmm. Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now. But you will know after this. I like that. In other words, there are some things that we may not know when God instructs us. But when we obey, we will get the revelation. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Hey, Peter was always a controversial man. He said, you shall never wash my feet. Do you remember when Jesus Christ told him that I am going and all of you will depart from me. All of you will betray me. Peter said, me, Tofiaka, I will never betray you. I, me, I will never then Jesus looked at him and said, before the cock crows, 
you have even denied me thrice. Said me, never. And it happened. When the cock crew the, the third time, the Bible says, Peter, his eyes met the eyes of Jesus, and he remembered the master's word. And he went and wept bitterly. That was Peter before conversion. When he got converted, last week or so, we saw it. When he got converted, he told the people that you denied the master, meaning that he was a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When God converts you, your past is irrelevant. Your past is immaterial. It's inconsequential. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse, verse 8 again. Peter said to him, you shall never, never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Wow. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Look at the man. Verse 10. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Verse 11. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taking his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Look at Jesus' instruction. Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example. Somebody say an example. This is leadership by example. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, I like verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Tell your neighbor, if you know these things, blessed, the King James says happy, say happy, are you if you do them. Wow. Can I tell you a revelation that just came to my spirit? Meaning that you can go to all the theological seminary. You can learn all the doctrines of scripture and know, you know, everything from eschatology to apologetics to humanetics and everything as far as ministry is concerned. Yet, if you know these things and you do not do them, Jesus is saying, they are baldadash. They are nothing. Are you there? Am I condemning Bible school or theology seminar? No, 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 no. I'm saying that if you make the attempt that you want to improve your career as a minister of God, the essence of that improvement, the essence of that knowledge is to let you know so you will do. James says, be ye doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourselves. It is not enough for you to say, I am a minister of the gospel and expect that every now and then somebody is like, you have become the Lord. But Jesus is showing us here that me, the Lord, if I've washed your feet and that was the most depraved job any slave could do, if I've done it, you ought to do the same with one another. I want to announce to this house and for that matter, those who will one day 
plant their own ministry. There are those who are here who may not necessarily plant branches of international prayer resort. God will commission them to start ministries of their own. Ministries are birthed under ministries, just like sometimes you can put a seedling of a cocoa, you know, cocoa under a tree. Is that not so? For the tree to give the seedling shade and you know, shelter and protection. But when the seedling grows, it is transplanted and planted on its own, different from the tree under which it grew. So I know that it's not all of us. After all, what are we here for? Are we here to make a name? No. We are here because individually we have different missions, different assignments, different callings. There are those who are called along us to learn along the way so that one day God will release them to be on their own. There are those who are also called along us so that one day they will be released to plant a branch to represent this same ministry. Whichever way, whoever you are, whatever you become, remember God expects us to be servant leaders and not autocratic leaders. Serve. I remember one day in Watered Garden, I had just joined, and I'm saying this live to the glory of God. Prophet Manasseh Achu is, is a witness to that. I had just joined Watered Garden, and there were a lot of leaders. Prophet Manasseh came from Jasikan with to Watered Garden. And one day he called me and said that I want you to start emceeing. You know, the services, the, the ministry had just started in Watered Garden, Dansoman. And he said, I want you to MC. That was my job, to MC the services. So I'll go early in the morning and I'll MC, coordinate the services, you know, introduce the choir, introduce this, and it was beautiful. Then, somewhere along the line, I discovered that there was a prayer department. So I joined the prayer department. I was not the leader, take note. We're praying together, praying together, and then. Somewhere along the line, I became the prayer leader of the prayer department. Then one day, at an all night, Prophet Manasseh was supposed to go and preach. And then he sang a song. I always want to recollect that song. It's a tree song. When he finished the song, he called me to the altar. That was the first time I was ever called a pastor. All that while, I was called Brother Sammy. And I'm so Brother Sammy, hallelujah. That was the very first time that somebody ever called me pastor. And I remember a word he spoke to me. He said that God has called you into pastoral intercessory. Did you hear that? Pastoral intercessory. Because most of the times, I used to lead the intercession before, you know, he would come and minister. But that day I preached at the all night. And then, he began to share with me about his heart, his vision, and how God tells him to even fast every day. And I, I didn't used to like fasting. So when he, I heard that, I said, God tells him to fast every day. What Jesus, Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to all. So I told myself that the man says, Jesus tells me to fast every day. So if I'm serving under him, then I must do what he has been asked to do. That was how I also started fasting every day. For about three and a half years, continuously. In the course of that kind of service, mind you, fasting is a part of service. Prayer is a part of service. The Bible talks about a woman like Anna, the prophetess. The Bible says after she lost her husband, she served the Lord with prayer and fasting night and day in the temple. So I knew that that was service. Then one day I was leading prayer. I heard clearly the Lord said, serve your way to the top. Tell you about serve your way. I brought this story to let you know that to climb to the top, it is service. 
When somebody says that you're a great one, that means that you're a great servant. You are the chief servant. Not a boss. Not somebody who lords it over the people and demands, hey, you go, you come. Hey, this is not military. Even the military men, yeah, they learn how to serve. <laughs> are you there? Serve your way to the top. And brother and sister, I took God by his word. I was consistent, not to glorify myself, but I knew that this was the key. Before I realized, one day, I was appointed as the resident pastor of Watered Garden. And I'm telling you, to the glory of God, I knew that I stepped into the shoes of the man of God, Prophet Achumanasi. So much said that if he's not around, you will not know he's not around. Because when I was appointed as the resident pastor, all of a sudden, the prophetic gift that was there on one-on-one -on -one basis. We used to do counseling on Thursdays and we do one-on-one -on -one counseling. A gentleman came here and told a story of how I told him that a woman is not supposed to, you understand? That was how we were ministering the prophetic one-on-one. -on -one. But here comes the first time where I saw myself ministering publicly the prophetic. It started in Watered Garden. Hallelujah. It started in Watered Garden. Of course, some of these things will attract jealousy. I hope you know that. Why? Because where did this one come from? Where did he appear from? Ah, we were with a man in Jasikan. We have labored in all the places. So how come he... Somebody say, it is not by might. It's not by power. It is as God wills. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. What am I saying? I'm saying that to get to the top, don't bully your way through. Don't lobby your way through. James and John with their mother, were, they wanted to lobby for a position. Leadership in church is not position. It is service. Such that even if you are not noticed, heaven has noticed and heaven will reward. If you do it before men and you do it for man's approval of man, you receive your reward. So you, are you arrive in heaven only for you to realize that all your labor had no reward. The reward was only here in this world. I don't want that one, I'm telling you. I don't want to labor. And then you arrive and God says that, oh, you are only a signboard. You are only pointing people to the direction. But you yourself, you are not going anywhere. I don't want that. Let's not waste our time. This is the end time. Hallelujah. Tell you about let's not waste our time. This is the end time. That is why you will be surprised that in heaven, okay, one of the pictures in heaven is, you see, there's a throne. And from that throne proceeds other thrones in the hall of judgment. If God has ever given you a revelation of the hall of judgment before, I'm just giving you a picture. There is a throne on which Christ sits, the, the judge of all sits. And on that throne proceeds other thrones. It's not like disconnected thrones. They are thrones and various levels and heights and, and glory. The highest throne has all the glory. Said that the one on, on it, you can't even behold his face. And there are other thrones. And in that hall, the thrones move Yes, like let's say this hall, the throne is at one end and then there are thrones that move from this end and that end to somewhere in the middle. So you find a master sitting on the throne and there are thrones connected to that major throne to somewhere in the middle. Beyond the middle to the gate, when everybody will enter. When we arrive in heaven, I'm showing you a picture. Beyond the middle to the gate, when you, from the gate, you find that there are no thrones from the middle to the gate. In other words, there are those who will be sitting and there are those who will be standing. Are you there? It's a big hall. 
the judgment hall is a big hall said that if you enter the the tender the light even your thoughts are projected on screens everything that you did it's just you know the fire the eyes of him who sits upon the throne will reveal everything when your name is called and you're approaching that throne everything about you everybody knows you oh my god what am i saying on that throne and other thrones connected to it you will be amazed that there were people who were not known on this earth nobody ever read a book about them nobody ever wrote about them nobody said anything about them but you will discover that such people are occupying some major thrones around the main throne and you wonder how did they get there somebody says service some of them were and are widows who just decided that now that i don't have any husband let me just decide i'm not going to marry again i'm just going to dedicate myself for the service of god so they go to church and all they do is just clean the, the pews clean the chairs and once they're doing their prayer say god as people come to church whoever sits on this chair let them receive his miracle let him let her receive a miracle let their breath to come nobody notices these people yet in the closet heaven knows and when they arrive because their intercession brought somebody into the kingdom their place is the major throne hallelujah whereas there are others who might have written books who might have planted branches of churches all over the world who might have done great things in fact even their salvation was like they escaped you know by the skin of their teeth they were saved as if by fire because everything was burnt into ashes when god looked through their works only themselves were saved and even there was no throne when you enter, you will find that such people are standing instead of sitting. Yet they were great on earth. We celebrated them. We hailed them. That is why it matters how you accord praises to man. Are you there? Never you receive the praises of man. Because the God of, I mean the judge of all will reveal whether those praises are due the person or not. God knows our hearts. All of us, I'm telling you, including myself, God knows our hearts. Many of the things that we camouflage. And we pretend that it is they are not and god knows it hallelujah he knows your heart he knows my heart and he's calling on you and me as international prayer resort turns one year he is calling on servant leaders not autocratic leaders not bossy leaders not leaders who bully the people there's a vision that has already been communicated it's an end time prophetic ministry with the passion to help this generation walk with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the vision. Whoever is called along that vision must do as the master has instructed, not do as he wills. Because what matters at the end of it all is a soul who should not perish. I told you, when I look at a human being, I don't look at, oh, this is black, this is white, never. This is male, this is female, never. This is educated, this is not educated, never. This is rich, this is poor, never. I look at someone, or this is from Anaku, you know Anaku? Or from Obomi, no. I look at a soul who should not perish. Why? Because Jesus Christ went to hell in the name of that soul. 
So he says, rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. You know that song? Jesus is merciful. And Jesus will say, rescue the perishing. That's our assignment, people of God. For me, like Paul the Apostle, I know that God just used me to lay the foundation. There could be great ones that God will raise out of this house that will do more than some of us have done. Yet it's not about who did well or who didn't do well. It's about the faithfulness. I can't pride myself and say that I have done well. Never. But I know that in the midst of all the storms and the difficulties and the distractions and the, you know, the sight, whatever, God has brought us this far. That alone is enough for me to say thank you, Jesus. Such that after our consecration service on the 16th of September, I can say that one year down the line, I can sit down and also listen. Glory be to God. May the Lord raise servant leaders. I can tell you, I see apostles and I see prophets. Prophets with prophetic giftings that are bigger and greater than what I've used in this house. People with eyes to see and they see so well that it is, it is unimaginable. Yet, it's not about how gifted you are. It's about how committed you are to use your gift to serve. Not to make merchandise of the gift. Not to manipulate people with the gift. You tell them that, hey, you are going to consult me, then you better pay some amount of money before I can give you a prophetic word. It is wrong! And what is wrong is wrong. Freely you have received. And it says, freely give. How can we trade with this grace? How can we make money out of this grace? We were not called to. If it was about money making, we have certificates from the university, we would have worked with it. It's about souls who should not perish. It's about souls. Even if it was just one soul, he is worth laying down your life for. For greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. May God raise leaders. Not just leaders, but servant leaders. People who have the heart of the master. The passion of the master. Who are ready to suffer with the master. Drink the cup of the master. Go where the master goes. Cover the work of the master. Until we see him face to face when he shall come. Stand to your feet, people of God.